Blog Talk Radio. Patiently wait on Commission T to get in, and, and of course, little big brother Jay, as I like to call him, who also will be joining us tonight. First on our agenda, we have the uh, Mayweather fight, and if for those who are boxing fans or just you know like to see the big name fights, we had Mayweather versus uh, Madonna, and I hope I pronounced his name correctly this past weekend, which. As I followed some people on Twitter, they thought it was a very exciting fight. I thought differently. Um, 
on one end you have a, a very good boxer in your, in your man Mayweather. On the other end you have a, well, I just call a manager just swinging for the fences in Madonna who swung a lot of pots, a lot of, a lot of punches, but a lot of punches towards the air. Uh, and for those who are watching the fight at home, of course, we can see the actual uh, stats that show the ratio or the percentage of uh, punches thrown versus punches land. And even though uh, Madonna threw twice as many punches, uh, he land half as many percentage-wise versus that of Mayweather. I apologize. Y'all give me a second here as I try to find out what's going on with my co-host. Hey, Train. There you go. Hey, what's up, Train? It's Jason, man. <laughs> we got a little big brother T with us. Uh, finally, um, I don't see your number. Uh, I don't know if I'm incognito or something, but I'm here. Okay, well, welcome to the Madden Boys. <laughs> appreciate it. I ain't going to let you fly solo now. I'm with you. I, I, I appreciate it. Have you been on the whole time? Yep. Oh, man, you should have said something because I'm, I'm like, looking the only number. Wait, whose number is 86092? Is that your number? That's me. Oh, no wonder. I thought that we yep. – don't you have a – both of y'all have a eight number, right? Right. Okay. So I got his text late, and I thought that number was his number, so that's why I introduced him. <laughs> now it makes sense. Now it makes sense. I got you. Yeah, he's going to be running a little late, but he will be joining us shortly. So in the meantime, I'll uh, kick in as much info as I can on whatever's needed, and then uh, once we have everybody else, we can start rolling right along. Okay, well, now that we got the whole confusion out of the way, and forgive me, uh, Madden Boys fans, for jacking that up. That was that was all me. Uh, I was talking about the Mayweather fight, man. Did you did you see it? I didn't get a chance to see it in pay-per-view, and funds being on the short side, obviously, the two don't mix well. But I did see some <laughs> of the stats. I can't speak to the action per se, but I can speak to the numbers. You know, figures don't lie and lies don't figure. And I see those copy of box stats. And, uh, yeah, you're right. It looks like, um, I, I can't pronounce his name, but uh, the other M that was in the ring wasn't hitting very much. Yeah, he he didn't, man. And, and we actually, we I, I pretty much saw every round, uh, for the exception of probably getting up to grab something to snack on. But, um, it, it, dude, when I say it, uh, the, the only Mayweather didn't dance around the ring much. He stayed in there. He was he was on the ropes quite a bit, a lot. But during the times that he spent the time on the ropes, uh, Madonna swings swings never barely ever hit him. He would hit him in the back of the head a lot, and they don't they don't count those. They don't count those landed. So other than hitting him in the back of the head, which didn't count, he wasn't hitting them. Last. Go ahead. Last time, you got to hit him in the face, the stomach, somewhere. The back of the head is not going to cut it, not when you're over there being the aggressor. And I think that's probably a lot of folks that maybe the average or below average boxing fan will see, oh, well, this guy has been busy. He's the one that's controlling the fight. Well, 
sometimes you can go that route, but you have to be able to hit eventually. And it sounds like just based upon what I'm hearing from you and then looking at the CompuBox stats, Mayweather had a Mayweather-type fight where he's elusive, accurate, and he's not getting hit with a big punch. Like I said, I didn't see it, but that's what I'm gathering just based upon the numbers and what I'm hearing from you. He, yeah, he didn't. He did. He really didn't get hit, hit with me. And here's the funny part. If you sat there and you watched the replay after each round, you know they replayed the big shots, right? Right. Guess who big shots they only showed? <laughs> Mayweather. They only showed big shots from Mayweather. They showed no big shots from Madonna. None. Not surprised. Because Not all surprised. he was doing was just swinging what I call like a wild animal, just swinging for the fences and wasn't hitting anything. He tried to out-punch him, and you can't really out-punch Mayweather. You have to, like, technically, soundly box him. Yep. And I think the yep. first person that actually steps in the ring and do that would probably end up beating him at, 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 at the age that he's at now. I would I would uh, venture to agree with that. The problem is you can't find that person. That's the hard no. part. In, in, in no. order to beat Mayweather, you have to beat Mayweather at his own game. Yeah. Yeah, a- a- absolutely. He's a tactician. I mean, he, he goes in there, he's a surgeon. I mean, you can say all you want about him being uh, you know, flamboyant and gregarious, all this and that, but when he gets inside that ring, He's a tactician. He's an assassin. He, he will he will break out the scalpel and he will just dice you up. And he's content with having a twelve round decision as long as he gets the win. He doesn't have to knock you out. I mean, he, he's not. He's 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 a boxer. He's not a puncher. He's a boxer. So when you see yeah. twelve round decisions, unanimous or ten to two, nine to three. That's that's his style. That's how he's gonna win. And you can't hit him with a, a big bolo punch because he knows how to avoid those. So he avoids getting hit hard, and he's just going to be a tactician and just get the 12-round decision. And that's almost that's what makes that's what makes people want to go see his fights because they're looking for the next person that can win the that, that can possibly beat him before the 12 rounds. Because if it's up to if it's definitely up to Mayweather, it's going 12. Yep. Like hands down, yep. I think somebody you know before the fight started, you know, we was over uh, over his friend's house and people were saying, "Oh, this fight won't go past such and such round. It won't go past that round." I'm looking like uh, it's going twelve. <laughs> Mayweather ain't knocking nobody out. It's going twelve, but he's gonna win in twelve if it goes all the way. Exactly. Get get the the two orders of pizza, not just one, because you're gonna need it for all twelve rounds. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm looking. Absolutely. I'm online now looking at the numbers. Punches thrown, 858 for uh, Madonna, uh, whatever his name is, versus 426 for Mayweather. But you look at the number of punches, punches landed, Mayweather outpunched him by nine, 230 to 221. And that says a lot right there. I may not hit you, but when I do, you're going to feel it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, and that's that's what people need to look. And I know, like when Mayweather was giving his you know little uh, uh, winner circle talk, 
they were people were booing, and and I know if people were there, you probably couldn't see what we saw at home. You, you know, you don't see the replays, you don't see the little the little stat sheet that they show up at the end. So you probably thought Mayweather got beat up. Mm-hmm. But no, he he was just fine. No, and and that's why I said I don't I don't necessarily need to see the fight to be able to chime in because I've seen plenty of his fights before, and I know how mm-hmm. it goes in it completely agree with you, Train. I think when people are now watching the fights to see if he can be beat, not so much can he knock the guy out. Yeah, exactly. He's going to make money every single time. That's If anything I love about him is the way he promotes himself and the way he uses, uh, you know, the, the way he uses his skills, his skill of boxing, to, to pretty much earn his living. I mean, the way he's able to promote himself and, and make the kind of money he's able to make, man, I can't do anything but applaud that. Oh, you can't. I mean, the guy's in phenomenal shape. Was he 36? 37? 30, 38? 37, I believe. 37 going on 38? Some run there. Okay. So check this number out because you if you would have known me real well, which you were beginning to know, I'm always into the numbers. So let me throw some numbers out at you. And Mayweather came in weighing 146, and I think McDonough, he came in weighing 146 and a half. Now, you know, they always rehydrate before the fight. This is right. a stat that, that really jumps out at me. Mayweather only jumped up to 148, just two pounds. McDonough jumped up to 165. Yeah, we saw that. Almost like yeah, 18 so, pounds. Yeah, I mean, that's... That's huge because you think about the amount of shape that they have to get in, into some serious conditioning to be able to get down to a 146.5. And then when they balloon back up to 165, yeah, they're a heavier fighter, but that, that's not going to always translate into a positive for you. When you got um, Mayweather gaining two pounds, that shows he was in great shape, and that shows that his body was able to just withstand that all throughout the training, all throughout rehydrating for those 48 hours prior to the fight, you don't normally see a person only gain 2 pounds. Normally you see him gain 10 to 12 pounds of rehydrating. He only gained 2. So to me, maybe I'm looking at it incorrectly, but to me it tells me he came in in tremendous shape. He did. I would would assume the same. And I guess maybe Madonna putting on that weight probably thought his punches would get more power, and, and maybe his punches do have power, but uh, your power punches mean nothing if they don't land. Right, and your power punches don't mean anything if you're not hitting nothing but air. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't mind seeing the Mayweather fight. I just know it's going to go... It's gonna go twelve rounds, but I would like to see him fight some fight someone that's gonna actually box him, not try to outpunch him. Yeah, good luck at that. I'm I'm still holding out for a Pacquiao Mayweather fight because I don't know of anybody else on the horizon right now. But outside yeah. of that, we might be content with uh, boxers like Madonna coming through or, or folks of that ilk because I don't see anybody else out there right now. No, no. Not at all. Um, the TV call here in a minute. The uh, next next subject conversation, man. I know we hit on this last week. Hold on one second. Commish T, welcome to the Madden Voice. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. Sorry, I was uh, a little a little late to the show, but I know this show was always in good hands. Well, I, I, I made a big hiccup because I had never hosted while you and seen your brother's number before. So I'm seeing A60 area code, and I'm thinking, okay, this is T. <laughs> and I didn't get your text message <laughs> after I started. So I get this whole great introduction for T. And your brother's sitting on the line, he's not saying anything. And I'm like, uh, Commiss T? Crickets. Commiss T? Okay, so I get to talking. And as soon as I say something about little big brother Jay, he's like, hello? I was like, oh, wait. You were there the whole time? He's like, yes, I was here the whole time. That's me, the other number. So, yeah. Hey, that's okay. That's all right. I'm sure it was very entertaining. I'll have to, I'll have to listen back uh, to the replay and hear that. I'm, I'm sure it was very entertaining. Yeah, yeah you, might, you might get a little laugh out of that one. That was about a good five minutes of, like, train going, train headed to a train wreck. That's what it was. <laughs> anyway, man, we was just uh, wrapping up the Mayweather talk. Your thoughts, man? Uh... I think that uh, Madonna, whatever his name is, Madonna, uh, is getting way too much credit. I think that um, he, he, you know, Mayweather, um, you know, you, you don't know whether Mayweather was distracted. Some people are saying he was distracted because of the breakup with Miss Jackson. Uh, I don't think that's the case. I think Mayweather realizes that, um, people are getting a little tired of this stick and move and the rope a dope, and they want to see him fight. And I think what he decided to do was, you know, he wasn't afraid of this dude, took his best shots. I think he just decided to sit there and fight. Um, but a rematch, I mean, literally, if he just keeps the fight in the middle of the ring, there's no fight. You know, the only time this guy did anything was when he had him against the ropes. And even, in, in my opinion, I think that with a heavy swings, but, you know, other than the headbutt, you know, I, I don't know. I just think the guy's getting way too much credit. I really don't think. And, and, the, and the judge who scored it, 114-114, good Lord. Um, <laughs> you know, I just want to know what fight, what fight they, they were watching. I, I think the other two judges had it right. There were a couple of rounds that, you know, dude did a lot of work. He was more aggressive, and he deserved to win those rounds. But a, a draw? You know, no way. No way. I don't even think. I don't think it. I don't think it was that close. And frankly, I think, and, I, and I'm sure I'm going to go on the limb and say one of you guys or is K Star on too, or just you two? No, he's he, he's not he's not here. Okay, I, I'm going to assume one of you guys already said it's time, past time for Pacquiao and Mayweather to get it off. And um, yeah. yeah, that's. I mean, it's time. I don't want to see Maidana again. I don't. I, that's the fight. Let's do it. Stop. You know, I don't. I don't really care who's at fault. Drug testing, um, you know, and, and here's my last, this is my last comment, because you guys already talked about it, but um, uh, Pacquiao, for some reason, is in, in, in a delusion to think that he is a draw like Mayweather. He is not. It's not even close. And so Pacquiao needs to go ahead and let, and, and sign a contract for 40% of the gate, because that'll still be the richest payday he's ever had. But people mm-hmm. want to see whether either win or lose. That's it. They either want to see him win or they want to see him shut up. And so Pacquiao needs to realize that, sign for 40% of the gate, you're still going to get more money than any fight in your life, maybe twice as much as any fight in your, in your life, 
and, and go ahead. And, and I'm not saying that's what's held it up, but if that's what's held it up, Pacquiao is not, needs to not be a solution. I, I've had, I've heard, you know, a few different stories of what could have held it up. You know, I, I've heard who, uh, the the guy that's uh, the promoter or, or someone that's in that's in Pacquiao's corner. You know, it's something about Mayweather don't like to do dealings with him. I've heard the whole, you know, Pacquiao wanting more money, and then I, you know, then the, I think the first initial thing was the, uh, the whole drug testing. So. At this point, I'm like you. I, I don't care what it is. I, I would. I, I still would like to see it. Let's make it happen. Yeah. yeah, I think. I think it's time. And I think whatever the issue is, I, I certainly don't think, as some have suggested, that Mayweather is afraid. Um, I think Mayweather knows his market value, and he and he's not going to sell short. And frankly, Pacquiao needs Mayweather. Mayweather doesn't need Pacquiao. So, but but it's time. Whoever whoever the promoter is going to be. You know, De La Hoya, Mayweather, Hopkins, Aram, it really doesn't matter to me. Get it get it done. Get it done for September, and let's see these guys. And, and this will be the biggest fight in history. This will be. There will be no, no, nothing even close. This will break every possible record. You name it, this fight will break it. But it's time to get it on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, anything else? Did you guys touch on uh, Sterling at all, or we 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 were about to? That's that's why I was about to bring up next our latest on on Donald Sterling. I know I haven't I haven't heard too too much uh, from the NBA itself. I think uh, uh, some focus has been shifted to uh, the the young lady who recorded him. I can't I can't I don't even remember her name. That's how insignificant she's been as far as me understanding of what's what's going on, but. I mean, uh, have you guys heard anything other than what we discussed last week? Well, you know, go ahead, Jay. I was just going to say the one thing I heard this afternoon was the, uh, I think it was the president of um, the Clippers went on an indefinite leave of absence. So it's really clearing the path to uh, get their ship righted. I'm trying to find where I saw it last, so bear with me. but, But keep on as I'm looking for it. That's the latest that I've heard. Yeah, I, I didn't hear that, so you you got me on that. But I will say that I saw I saw the young lady's interview. Um, you know, I don't I don't I mean it changed nothing in my mind. She's trying to say that he's not racist and all of this. I, I don't I don't I don't get it. And I'm even I'm even gonna say I'm even gonna say with with uh, well, let me two things. One, I saw her interview. The other thing is they released the fact that he's fighting prostate cancer. I say. Hey, I don't wish death upon nobody, so good luck in your fight against cancer, but it's not relevant to the issue or topic at hand. You know, right. I, it's not relevant. I don't care. I mean, as a human being, yes, I care. I don't wish death upon, you know, I don't wish you death. Um, I just want you out of the NBA. So good luck in your fight. you got more money than God, so I'm sure you're getting the best treatment possible, and good luck. I hope you live another 20 years or whatever. Great. But it's got nothing to do with what's going on. You know, number one. But I'm going to change my position from last week on something. Uh, even though I still think it's a slippery slope when you try to take this man's team away um, uh, because of a, a recording in his house, I am now saying I don't care. The reason I don't care is it's been a week he has said nothing. Nothing. It's been a week. It's been over a week. Really, it's been about ten days. He has said nothing. Nothing. I, I have a problem with that. You know, you are the head 
of a major corporation and the things you do affect people's lives, and you've said nothing. You didn't say, I did it, what's the problem? You didn't say, I didn't do it, what's the problem? You said, you've said nothing. And so now all of these athletes, front office execs, of course, Jay's looking up the president's story, coaches, trainers, concession people, they're all, they don't, everyone's sitting there like, now what? Like, okay, we're going to finish out this season. The Clippers are still playing. But then what? They don't know anything. This guy, this guy has offered nothing. So you know what? Whatever little bit he got from me because it wasn't a privacy of his own house, that's gone now. I don't even care. You said it, goodbye. Get out. Go. Sell a team. Move on with your life. See ya. Wouldn't want to be you. Oh, welcome to my boat. We got plenty of room. <laughs> I'm on your boat train, captain away, skipper. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I was saying that last week, too. I, I feel that's the way I've been feeling from the get-go. The one thing that he did say was he should have paid her off. Now, amidst all this that's going on, that's the one thing you can come back and say, I wish I had paid her off. That right there is an obvious indictment against you being a racist. You, you did not apologize, and I said this last week. The only person that had apologized was Adam Silver, the commissioner. You didn't hear any apologize him. You didn't hear uh, Sterling apologize to anybody about anything. And when he does speak, all he says is, I should have paid her off. I mean, come on now. That that says it all right there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, right. I mean, come out and say, lie, I don't care. Come out and say it's taken out of context. Come out, say something. You're sitting over there in nothing. It's almost like an arrogant you know, I don't even have to. I don't even have to dignify this with a response. With a response position, you know, it's almost to that level. That's that's my feeling about it. So now, you know, I still think it's a slippery slope legally, but now I don't care. You said it. You're out of here. And I'll, and it will be a good day for the NBA. It'll be a good day for for sports. And it'll be good. It'll be a good day in general for the human race when this guy does no longer owns a, an NBA team. I agree with that too. And I did just find it's Clippers President Andy Roser takes an indefinite leave of absence. So uh, with that being said, it looks like there's plenty more shakeup to come in the Clipper Nation. Oh, wow. It's down to the GM, the coach, and the players there. Huh? We did it in deep. Well, I, I tell uh, you, for one, um, I'm pulling for the Clippers to just honestly to just go all the way. And I'm pulling it. For the simple fact that one of all, I, I was, I, I've always kind of liked the team because they're just exciting to watch, you know, aka Live City. But just for the players themselves, man, I just hope they gather themselves and make as deep as playoff run as they possibly can. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, train on that one. You know, my my buddy, a uh, brother from another mother, Jimmy. Uh, out in California, not too far from where you are. He's always been a Clipper fan. Even when they won 10, 15, 20 games in that city year, he stayed a Clipper fan. And I've always been partial to Doc Rivers, even when he was a coach of the Celtics. I didn't hold it against him. But he he's one of those guys that you respect from pillar to post across the NBA. He's a stand-up guy. He was a, a solid basketball player, and he's been a really good coach too. So, um, and, and it's a good team on top of it. So I, I would like to definitely see them get into the finals. They've got the team to do it too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I'll, I'll say I'll say this. Um, you know, I, I hear you both. I don't disagree, but it's really not 
fair to the NBA because, you know, Oklahoma City, Spurs, you know, Portland, you know, none of these teams did anything to where they should not garner the same support before all this hits the press. It's not their fault that that team has a racist owner. And so I still say we made the best team win. That's why, you know, and it's been probably the best playoffs we've seen in a long time, if not ever. Um, I still say made the best team win. I don't have a problem with that position. I just don't think it's fair to the other teams that are out there hustling. They want a title, too. And just remember this. If the Clippers win, this guy is still the owner. So you can root for the players, but he's going to benefit from this as well. Just re- just remember that. I mean, he's no, going to benefit as long as, as long as he owns the team. And so, really, that resolution won't come until uh, until we get closer, much, much closer to the next season starting. Because I still believe, I still believe the players and player union will revolt if this guy is still the owner by the time preseason or season come uh, for the next NBA season. I honestly think they won't play. Um, um, I, was, I, didn't, I didn't hear Jay, but I was, I was going to say, um, yeah, I, I agree with you, Trey, and I think that if this is unresolved going into um, the next season, um, yeah, I, I find it hard to believe that these guys um, – you know, and then I mean, Doc Rivers already said that if he's owning, if he owns a team next year, he will not coach for him. He's already come out and said that. Um, and the question was posed, Adam Silver, you know, if you know, if 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 he doesn't sell his team, and you know, people want out, you know, of their contracts, what would you do? And then and he just said, you know, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. So I I agree that. You know, if the guy doesn't sell his team, he's not going to have a team next year, or, or his team will be called the Los Angeles Replacements. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, honestly, I honestly think it'll go to the level where other teams, other players won't play. I, I think the sentiments will be that strong for him to be out. Yeah, nothing would surprise me. It'll go outside of the Clippers as far as players not wanting to play. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. And what I was saying before, let's just hope it doesn't go that far. It would be a crying shame just as uh, uh, an association, a great uh, sport like basketball to be uh, crumbled down to his knees because we've got owners out there that can't see the light of day. That would be a crying shame. And and I I think we touched upon this last week. I couldn't see myself playing either. It would be tough. But if, if this guy is still the owner, and then the season starts, no, can't do it. Can't do it. We, now we're talking about what the season will probably start in what, October, late October, early November. So we're talking a good six months or so had already passed by, and he's still owning the team. Are you crazy? Uh-uh. Yeah, exactly. Say this, though. There's always someone that will play for him. You'll find somebody out there that will want a shot to play in the NBA and won't give a shit. So I, I, I think they would, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah, they trust me. There are, there are guys out there that want to play. And you tell them, you know, they're playing in the D League now for 50, 60 grand, and you tell them you go play for the Clippers for 500 grand, oh, they're going to go play. <laughs> you know, racists or not, they're going to play. So. 
That's true. You know, you got people that'll do what they what, what, that'll do what they can for money. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Let's just hope that the NBA owners and anybody that's affiliated with this fiasco does the right thing and does it quickly. All right, guys. Uh, let's talk about what we came here for, man. Draft, two days away. Houston got number one pick. We don't really know who they taking. We don't know what our teams are going to do. We don't know what nobody's going to do. And I promise you, I haven't been this excited about a draft in a long time, especially one with as deep as with got as much talent and as with as deep as much talent as it is, and you just hope your team can come out a better team or possibly be a better team with the picks that they make. So I know we got two ways to take this. I'm gonna start out just looking looking at this from the first top half of the draft, picks one through sixteen. And, and just going through those those teams, I think we'll end up touching on almost every team before it's all over with. But Houston got the number one pick. All the talk has been either on Jadavion Clowney or Johnny Menzel. I don't ever think I've seen as much talk about just two players <laughs> before they get into the NFL as I've ever seen. I don't, even, I don't even think I saw this much talk about Cam Newton. We knew he was going one number one overall, or even Andrew Luck. But it's been a lot of talk about the David Clowney and uh and Johnny Menzel. So, uh, little big brother, who who you uh who you think Houston may take? Well, if I'm Houston, you think about the the talent that Clowney has and then pairing that up with JJ Watt on the other side and everybody had questioned Clowney's motor and does he take plays off? You put him under JJ Watt's wing, that guy can be an absolute beast. Now, a lot of folks keep saying, he's the next Hall of Famer. Well, slow down. I mean, the guy hasn't even put the uniform on yet, so let's, let's slow that down. But he has the makings to be an absolute beast if you pair him up with Watt, keep him healthy, and, and let him do his thing. I don't see uh, – I can't see Houston going anywhere else with that one. I think that would be a, the, the best thing for them to do. Mm. T, you are now the general manager of the Houston Texans. Is two days before the draft. You sweating because you don't want to make a mistake. What you do with the number one pick? Oh, it's it's it, it's clowning. Um, now now I, I now you guys got to remind me. Um, Houston made a move right they, uh, for a quarterback in the off season. Did they not? They, oh, go ahead. No, I'm I'm trying to remember. I don't have it in front of me. Didn't they go get – did they get prior? They went and got somebody. They, I know they traded away Schaub. I, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick plays for them. Okay. I should be more prepared. Um, hold on. Let me see if I can find this real quick. Um, do my internet slow, so I apologize for the delays over here. My, Ryan Fitzpatrick is correct. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with, and, 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 and let me just say this. I'm, you know, you guys are more, especially I know, I, I, Trey, you wanted to host, and my brother is a big college football buff. I am not a college football buff, and I'm not going to pretend to be. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, but, but I, I do have opinions just based on watching the shows and what I do know about the needs of the NFL teams. Um, Houston needs a quarterback, but at this point with, Everything I've seen and heard about Manziel, 
Um, and he seen, and, 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 and I don't even know, frankly, if he is the best in a lot of quarterbacks. That's conventional wisdom. I'm not sold. So with that said, we know, you know, we know, to me, when the first pick, really, frankly, first-round picks should, should go, be going on the field, okay? Um, Manziel, we're not sure, right? Could this be an Aaron Rodgers guy? Comes in under a quarterback and, and, and understudies for a couple of years and then becomes a starter, or could this be, you know, Russell Wilson or, well, yeah, Russell Wilson's all right. Could it be Russell Wilson or well, not RG3? Or RG3 even. Could it be? I, I don't know. But, but I think we know what we have in Clowney. And I, and I think that what Jay said is right on point. Um, Houston's success, frankly, has been under Wade Phillips in that defense. Um, the offense has been up and down, um, but the defense has been pretty strong. And if you want to maintain that, then I, I think you got to go ahead and get Clowney. Hmm. Okay. Before I say my piece, did you guys see Draft Day movie? I did. You did? I thought it was pretty entertaining. Definitely some unrealistic things, but I thought it was pretty pretty entertaining. Yeah. Houston better make a move like, like Seattle and, and maybe drop out if they want to pull two players, two good players out of uh, out of that out of that top pick. But uh real talk, uh I would definitely go with your dating and clowning. And my reason is simply the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks has reconfirmed that defense still wins championships. Russell Wilson, third-round draft pick. All he needed to do was make plays when his number was called and let the defense do the rest. And they showed a very dominating performance for the opportunity that they got to play in the Super Bowl. Also, I do agree with both of you uh, as the sentiments of pairing Clowney with J.J. Watt. I, I think it's a no-brainer when you're talking about having having a, a, a solid player that's going to be starting for you day one. But on the other side, I will say this. In my opinion, Johnny Manziel can play. I don't care what all these other people are putting out of there, out there, bringing down this tape. When Skip was blowing this guy out before he got it, I decided to just watch a few of his games against what was considered the number one team in college in Alabama. He was doing it by himself. Because everyone knows Alabama was all about their defense. As far as their offense, it was a little better this year. They run the ball really well. A.J. McCarron, he showed you a few things. But in the game where it was Texas A&M versus Alabama, Johnny Menzel was a one-man show with how he, how he would just dissect that defense. They couldn't get him down. They couldn't find a way to get him down. And all I hear the analysts say, he's not going to be able to do it on the NFL level. Well, somebody should have told that to RG3. Somebody should have told that to Colin Kaepernick. Somebody should have told that to Cam Newton because all of them are able to scramble. Somebody should have told that to Russell Wilson because all of those are, are pure mobile quarterbacks, and they're still able to make, make plays on the NFL level. 
If Johnny Menzel does not go to Houston, he will not make it out of the top five. Jacksonville and or Cleveland will not pass on him. Will not. Houston still may get their quarterback or get a you know get a good quarterback because they have the top pick in the in the uh, second round. But I would definitely go with Jadavian Clowney. But Johnny Menzel is not making out of the top five. Yeah, no question that Manziel can play. I mean, there's no question about it. I think what this is one of the players that I've seen that has a widest range of where he could possibly go. I've heard folks say he's a, chances are he could be a number one pick. I've heard others say he may not go to the third round. I mean, he has that wide of a range, and I've never seen that before. And I think the part that throws off Manziel is the fact that he's so unconventional, so unorthodox, it becomes a blessing and a curse all at the same time. Teams don't know what they're going to expect. They know he's going to go out there, he's going to perform and play hard, but they don't know if he's going to be a true pocket passer. They don't know if he's going to just do one read and then take off with his legs. They're not sure what he's going to do. So that's going to to shy away from him. But no, he can make plays. Now, the yeah, other thing you mentioned. At that bottom line, that's it. Yeah, he can make plays. The Alabama-type defense that he sees once, maybe twice a year, depending upon how they, they go into the SEC tournament, he's, he's going to see that kind of defense, though, every week for 16 weeks. Can he hold up? True, true. But I uh, think me, that uh, will – oh, go ahead, T. No, I, I was just going to say, you know, and again, um, we we in the last few years we've gotten spoiled because of the Russell Wilsons, because of the Kaepernicks, because of the RG threes. There is no there is no gimme. There are no shoeing those guys. There's, there's, no one comes in as a guaranteed they're gonna make plays. This guy's six feet tall. Um, can make some throws, can make plays at the top level in college. They don't always transition. They don't. And let us not forget that for every RG three. There is a Ryan Leaf. There is a Steve Walsh. There is a um, Matt Ryan, uh, Leinhart, um or Howard, Matt Liner. You know, there there is others that were highly recruited, top draft picks that didn't make it. So let us not let us. There is no gimme here. Now, um, will could he? Yes. If the Texans. Don't take him, and they take Clowney. Did they just destroy their franchise? Um, no, 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 absolutely. You mm-hmm. know, um, you know, because this is a relatively deep quarterback draft. I mean, there's a handful of pretty good quarterbacks out there that they mm-hmm. hate that can move the ball. So they don't have to sell out for, um, you know, um, um, can't even say his name, um, Manziel. At first no, you know, mm-hmm. so, anyway, no, that's all. And, 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 and I was just going to add, you know, I think as far as what he's able to do on the, on the next level will have a lot to do with who's coaching him. You know, none, none of these players are NFL ready. None of them. Okay, so it depends on where they go and who's coaching them as far as how far they can and, and cannot make it in the NFL. You know, especially if you're going – normally you, you get a guy first round, you're looking for that guy to almost play immediately. Uh, with with a few exceptions uh, here and there, but for the most part, it'll come down to uh, the coaching staff getting that person NFL ready, 
uh, getting that person game ready, uh, getting them mentally ready, physically ready to play on this level. And I think that will be the biggest case as far as Johnny Menzel's success uh, on the next level versus uh, what he's done in college. Yeah. And I want to I want to go back to what T the last statement that you said, where this is a, a relatively deep quarterback class. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely you're absolutely right because a lot of people have forgotten about the names of of uh, Taj Boyd, who at one point was talked of being a, a potential number one pick. A lot of people mm-hmm. are not talking about McCarron from Alabama, who does nothing but win. Maybe he's not spectacular and he's not the showboating type, but he does nothing but win. Nobody's talking about Aaron Murray, even though he had the torn ACL, the quarterback from Georgia. Eventually he's going to heal up. He was a solid quarterback. So you got three quarterbacks right there off the top of their head that no one's really talking about. They're talking about this uh, uh, Tom Savage out of Pittsburgh. He's climbing the charts. Uh, Joey Garoppolo, he's climbing the charts. So you've got a handful of quarterbacks that if they don't take Manziel, you're absolutely right. It's not like their whole franchise is just going to burn in hell now. No, they've got several opportunities to grab a quarterback that they can groom, get him NFL ready, and he can contribute. So it's not going to be the Manziel or bust for them at quarterback. They've got plenty of opportunities to sign a good quality quarterback in this draft. Yeah. Now, now taking a look at who at the number two spot, you know, we got the St. Louis Rams. And the Saint, the Rams out of all teams have a, have a, a great chance to come up in this in this draft. They have two first round draft picks, but not just two, two in the top fifteen first round draft pick, and they don't necessarily need a quarterback. And I think that's a nice advantage. So, T, you you the GM of the Rams, uh, Clowney has just been taken off the board. What do you do with your second pick? Well, you know, again, here's where I'm going to defer. I'll tell you what I've researched and found, and I will let you guys give the background, but it seems to be the conventional wisdom is that, um, you know, they're going to be looking for a tackle. And um, there's a guy out of Auburn, and we all know Auburn. <laughs> um, Robinson seems to be um, – you know, it, it seems to be consensus that that's what the Rams are going to take. Um, you know, I do know watching the Rams that they have not had a very good offensive line. So if this is, in fact, a guy that they have, you know, top on their board, um, then it will be a great addition because I think that's one of the reasons Stephen Jackson wanted out of there. I mean, you know, we've seen Sam Bradford get killed back there for a few years. They just really haven't had a great offensive line. So I, I think this would be something. Um, I, I think that conventional wisdom of going after that player makes sense based on what I know about the Rams. So I'm going to defer, Brother Jay. No, you, you've done it. You've you done that, that's exactly where I was going on. So they, they got to take – his name is actually uh, Greg Robinson, and he is a mauler. I don't know if anybody had a chance to see the title game, but he performed well, and he's been performing like that all season long for him. So the fact that they need a tackle to protect uh, Bradford's blind side, that dude is a mauler. I'd pick him. Uh, they got Jake Matthews out of Texas A&M who protected Manziel's blind side as well. So – it depends upon looking at your big board, which one do you think pans out better? Does, does, do you have Robinson or do you have uh, Matthews? My pick would be Robinson, not just because I'm biased to Auburn, but I think he's slightly better and slightly more prepared 
for the NFL than, than Matthews is, just, just by a hair. But that's why I would take it if I was the GM for the Rams. So so neither of you would be tempted to go after uh, Sammy Watkins and, and add a, add a which is what's considered maybe the best wide receiver in the draft. Nope, no, nope, and I'll tell you why. You can't get the the ball to the receivers, your quarterbacks on the ground. True indeed, true indeed. And, and they, well, I, I they, honestly they, have to agree with both of you. Um, uh, I I and and just coming from my own team, you know, I saw I saw Phil Embry fix our offensive line in one season, and it made a big difference on what we could do offensively as far as Chicago is concerned. So I would definitely go with uh, lineman offensive tackle for this one. I mean, you got to protect the blind side. And Sam Bradford, uh, you know, when he's healthy and able to play every single game, he can make plays. He just needs time like every quarterback needs in the league. Yep. All right, man, it's it's the third pick. Little Big Brother Jay, you are the GM of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Your David Clowney is gone. Greg Robinson is gone. You don't have a quarterback. Blackman, we don't know if he's ever going to uh, return to be even a good, decent receiver in the NFL. What do you do with your third pick? Well, they've got so many needs, it's, it's hard to say what exactly they should do. Honestly, because of it being such a deep draft and not knowing what you have at quarterback, not knowing what's going to happen with Blackman, I would try and trade down and get some value. You know you need a quarterback. There's going to be a deep a plethora of quarterbacks available for you. You push down into the maybe the, the middle of the first round to get you some more draft picks so you can start to address more of these needs. They're going to need some more defensive players because some of the best players, if I remember correctly, and I can't remember their names, but they bolted in free agency. So you've got plenty of holes to fill up. I would look to trade down to get some more picks so you can start to fill up some of these holes. Okay. Pete, any thoughts on um, Jacksonville Jaguars? Well, I mean, I mean, this is where it gets interesting. I, I think uh, after the first two picks, uh, I don't think I, – I think – We've nailed the first two, but who knows? Um, but I think this is where it gets interesting because, um, you know, the Jags could make a move for Manziel. I mean, to me, this yeah. is the first legitimate team that we know have, has a needed quarterback. And, you know, I think that they could make a move for Manziel. I, I don't disagree with Jason's theory, um, you know, JV's theory of moving back and dropping back and picking up enough picks because, you know, they teams in the top five have been known to do that, um, you know. But at the same time, sometimes you want that one player that's going to come in and turn your franchise around. Sometimes you want that one, you know, I want to put I want to put seats in the butts. I want that one guy, you know, um, you know the Cowboys did it when they went after uh, uh, Aikman, right? And, and his first season was 1-15, but it was the beginning of a rebuilding time. So I'll tell you, I don't know who they're going to pick. I'm looking here. I got I got I got some mock drafts in front of me, and they're saying it could be Menzel, it could be Sammy Watkins, wide receiver out of Clemson, it could be Khalil Mack, um, mm-hmm. outside linebacker. That's that, those are the three names I'm hearing. Uh, so I don't know, but if I'm Jacksonville. I'm probably taking Menzel. I'm probably I'm probably want I want that big hit. I want that, you know, uh, you're, you're an unknown team in Miami. <laughs> I mean, uh, in Florida. 
you know, you're, you're not, you're, you really aren't, you're not on the map. You really aren't. And you need to do something to start to show people that you want to win games. And going after this highly recruited, you know, highly touted uh, Heisman Trophy winner sends that message. That is in my opinion. I, I, if I'm them, now you may hear me say that two more times. <laughs> but, that's, <laughs> you know, but that's who I think. Well, you know, not not necessarily as it's not like it's a knock on the, on the Dallas Cowboys, but they're one of the most watched teams in the NFL. And with Jacksonville being in the market that they're in, uh, uh, constantly facing um, the possibility of blackouts for their games, this is a fix to all of that. You go get a player that can possibly be one, possibly a very exciting player in in, in the league. You know, it, it, we're going to see Johnny Manziel versus possibly seeing Johnny Manziel versus Jadavian Clowney twice a season. <laughs> you know, uh, and if the owner Khan has anything to say about it, uh, he wanted he wanted he wanted Tim Tebow at one point. And you actually got a guy here who I, who I do feel can throw the ball way better than than a Tim Tebow. So I can really see them snatching up Johnny Manziel. If anything, he's gonna help them sell tickets. He's gonna True. get rid of the blackouts. True. Uh. So the movie draft day was centered around the Cleveland Browns, and I, as like I said, I. I I thought it was a pretty pretty entertaining. I thought it had you know one of those fairy tale endings to it uh, for a GM. But at number four, Cleveland Browns on the clock. They may or may not need a quarterback. I wish that guy Hoyer would have played the whole season so you could really see where they were. But they kind of in a position where they do need a quarterback, but they also need playmakers in other areas. So little brother Jay, you on the clock at number four. What do you do with the pick for Cleveland? If Watkins is still on the board, I'm taking him. Nice. Uh, pairing Watkins up with Josh Gordon? Yep. Oh, my goodness. Yep. Who's going to throw him the ball? Who's going to throw him the ball? Who's going to throw him the ball? According to Josh Gordon, it doesn't matter. This dude led the league in most yards receiving. With I don't know oh, I, three different quarterbacks throwing in the ball. Oh, I, yeah. oh, I, I, oh, I, oh, I know. I I had him on one of my fantasy teams. And in case y'all <laughs> forgot, I I, I uh, was a champion in one league and was a champion game in another league. So um, oh, I know he helped me get there. Um, but but that that, that last year, <laughs> um, teams adapt. Teams well, here's, step up. This was in Cleveland's favor. Cleveland has five picks in the first three rounds, two picks in the first round. So here's a situation where you get the best football player available because just like we dealt the same, you know, cards to Houston, yeah, you can get a quarterback later. Cleveland can definitely get a quarterback later on in the first round. And it's possible that Bridgewater or Bortles – or A.J. McCarron and those other guys that uh, Jay mentioned will still be there. That's a good point. Good point. No argument. Mm-hmm. I think they're in a. I think for one, they're in a very nice position in, in a draft that this deep to get a lot of quality players and possibly 
you know, make a quick turnaround of their franchise. I give them the next two years. Not the, I mean, they'll be competitive next year. And then on top of that, if Hoyer comes back and, and you know, I'm not saying he's going to just turn the franchise around, but the dude showed a lot of talent before he got injured. You know what I'm saying? He played well at the quarterback position, and I like to see what happens when he comes back, you know, hopefully fully healthy from his ACL injury and and shake some things up at the quarterback position. That way they're not forced to have to throw that rookie out there and depend on that rookie. But who's ever at quarterback, if you get Sammy Watkins and you got Josh Gordon, man, that's scary. It's very scary. And and let's not forget that uh, that Browns defense isn't that bad. I think the last no, half of, of, of the season last year, that team as a whole was playing pretty doggone good. So it's not like the cover is extremely bare. That's going to be a very competitive team. And I think we talked about it towards the, uh, I think it was right after the Super Bowl and we were making our predictions. I think we all agreed that the one team folks should really start paying attention to that's going to be a sleeper is going to be Cleveland. So there's, there's some noise coming out of the out of um, the dog pound. Yeah. Uh, at number five, we got one of the most irrelevant teams in the NFL right now. Uh, Black Hole, Oakland Raiders, Oakland Raiders, <laughs> and uh, I haven't had an understanding of what what the Raiders are trying to do ever since free agency started because I just felt like they lost a lot of quality players and didn't try to sign a player that couldn't even pass a physical. So I don't know what Reggie McKenzie is doing down there at, at, at GM, but um, at number five, some of the marks that I'm looking at definitely got them taking quarterback possibly Blake, Blake Bortles or Johnny Manziel if he falls that far. Um, T, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I hate to disrespect any team because they are an NFL franchise, but this is the most unpredictable team in the NFL. You don't know. They, they just don't seem to you, – you can't put together a strategy when you look at their moves, their free agency signing. Their, you, you really can't. Um, you know, is Pryor still even with them? Or did, I thought they got rid of Pryor, right? And they went and got. Yeah, they, um, they traded Pryor. They they brought in Pryor from Matt Schaub. So they brought in Matt Schaub. Matt Schaub is there. Um, yeah, and, you know, and honestly, I think that was a good move for Schaub because he needed a fresh start. And uh, Oakland has some very loyal fans. I'll tell you that. Um, they do. And, and if he can go out there and you know, play well in his in his preseason time and showed him that he's the match shop. I mean, you know, I, I think I've been on the record to say that some of these guys, the Matt Shops, the Matt Ryans, and these guys, I don't really have them at the same level as some of the other quarterbacks in the NFL. But that said, he has had some flashes of, of solid play. And um, if he can go out there and show that again and not throw any more pick sixes for a while, um he could get he could get that he could get that team behind him, um, but that's not going to help Thursday night because <laughs> they don't know what they have. So I, I I agree that they may still be looking for a quarterback, um, but you, you, but Chain, you really said it right. We we don't know we don't know really what's going on over there. If, you know, if Watkins is there, they might grab him. I mean, who knows? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Jay, you got any insight? Zero. I mean, this is the most unpredictable franchise in the league. I have no idea. They could take a tackle. They could take a receiver. They could take a, a defensive back. Who knows? Um, I've got nothing on this one. You know, the, the other thing that, that, you know, when I sit here and think about it, you know, 
Oakland Raiders, they used to have an identity, but they don't even really have an identity so you can even try to get a prediction of what kind of player they would take. You know, it used to be speed, 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 but, you know, the past couple of years that hasn't been the case. You know, you see Oakland Raiders on your schedule and you're looking at your team's schedule, you're like, okay, W. <laughs> Next. So, yeah. That's yeah. Tough. Now, the Falcons are sitting at number six. They had a season riddled with injury, uh, losing Julio Jones. Uh, that was bad along with some other players. Um, but they're one team that can literally go from worst to first. Uh, in their division with the number six pick and steal a ton of quality players. Uh, Little Brother Jay, what do you do with the sixth pick? Well, I think the side that they were hurting the most on was probably the defensive side. So I would try and if, if Mack is still on the board, I will go and get Khalil Mack. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with that, T. You talking about Atlanta? Yeah, Atlanta. Uh, yeah, Atlanta, Atlanta needs defensive help. Um, um, so yeah, I mean, if Mac is still on the board, they got to get Mac. I mean, I, I see, I see the mocks are looking at uh, O line. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, and that's fine. But I, I think what I saw with Atlanta, um, their defense was not very good, and I think they need to. You know, I don't know who else would be available. Uh, there's a guy Mosley, you know, from Alabama. Um, you know, they could go after him. Um, but, yeah, they, they really they need, they need some defensive help. So I, I, all I'll say is I think their pick should be, well, whoever the top defensive talent on the board is at that point in time, that's who they need to go get. Yeah, I, w- I would have to definitely agree. And I know teams are probably thinking, yeah, you know, let's try to continue to protect uh, Matt Ryan. But, honestly, I mean, Matt Ryan has Roddy White and, and – Julio Jones. No, they don't play offensive line, but they do play receiver. And it's their job to get open as soon as you possibly can so that he can get the ball out. Then you also got Steven Jackson. So you have an outlet uh, at your running back who can who do well at both run and pass and and, uh, and protection. So with that said, getting some defense, you're going to need it because you face Drew Brees twice a season. Uh, you face Cam Newton twice a season. Uh, and you got a you know, you got your new head coach down there, Lovey Smith, who's, who's, you know, he's gonna he's gonna turn that team around. So defense definitely is what they need. Uh, number eight, Minnesota Vikings. Let me just say, I hope they make a mistake and take and take a quarterback. <laughs> that would help me immensely. <laughs> I don't care which quarterback they take. I just hope they take one because that means we have to play against a rookie quarterback twice this year. I will take that any day. <laughs> did, did, and I am multitasking over here. Did I zone out and miss the seventeen? Did I skip the seventeen? Oh, my bad. Let me back up. Okay. I looked and I thought. My bad. Let me back up. Well, I'm multitasking, so I so I thought maybe I missed something because I'm I'm over no, here. No, you didn't. You and, didn't. Okay. We got the ball. I'm going to back up here. Number seven, Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, that's my second favorite team in the league right now. Right after the Bears is Tampa Bay. You know what I'm saying? I hope I wish Lovey Smith much success down there. But you're Lovey Smith. You run the Tampa two. 
You got the seventh pick in the draft, and Aaron Donald is still on the board. See, what do you do? <laughs> um, well, I mean, I mean, I, 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 mean, I guess you, you pretty well, um, you, you want Donald, I take it. Um, <laughs> you know, and and I and I think your knowledge of Lovey Lovey Smith gives you. Um, an advantage over many people. Um, but, you know, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to turn it back around on you and maybe Jake could jump in here. The mocks are looking at Mike Evans going there. And, you know, is, is that possible? Well, that's possible. But in a draft that where the wide receiver position is pretty deep, I mean pretty deep, uh, as far as finding somebody to play along with Vincent Jackson, you got the opportunity to draft a defensive tackle, you know, to go alongside McCoy, who, mind you, he's coming off an ACL injury. So we, we're not sure if he's going to return to the same form uh, he, he was before, before he got injured. So this definitely gives you some insurance, and even better, best-case scenario, gives you two dominating defensive tackles. And if your defensive line, if the cover two has to only send the defensive line every single snap, you don't have a chance. And in a division where you got to play against Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, and Cam Newton twice a season, and you only send in your front four, you're dropping back seven every single time? I don't want him to take Aaron Donald because I want Chicago to get him. But if I'm Lovey Smith, I take Aaron Donald. Louis Brother Jay, what do you do? You know, I, the train, I can't argue with that one at all. The, the one thing I will say as a caveat, though, as far as the defensive tackles, you got two others out there on the board a little further down in the draft where they can be pretty productive and you'll still be able to get value. And I'm talking about that dude Jernigan from Florida State. That guy yeah. was a beast in the title game. And you also have um, his Knicks out of Notre Dame. And a lot of people have been high on him for a while, then he got hurt. So if he can come back healthy, he can produce right away as well. So I hear what you're saying about Donald, and, and I, 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 I can't go wrong with that one. I can't disagree. But if you're looking at trying to gain some more value, fill up those holes, you take Mike Evans, this pick, and then you look at Jernigan or Knicks and see if you can get one of those as your next pick. That's a possibility, just throwing that out. Well, yeah, it is. And I guess you have to look at it as what's best at the position. These, I mean, if you're looking at, if you're looking at those two positions, what's, what's best at those two positions? Because they, the, they also have the sixth pick or 38th pick overall in the second round, which can possibly still give them either a valuable receiver or a valuable defensive tackle. It's just a matter with your seven pick on the board, do you do you feel a need with Mike Evans with, with Mike Evans or do you get the best available? And you know, I think they're gonna to have to look at their big board and see what's the difference between Mike Evans and the next receiver. What's the gap? What's the gap between Donald and Jernigan and Nick? And if it's a huge gap in either one, then you go with that top pick. If if the gap is minimal, then you take the best that you can get, which I'm going to say I think 
personally, I think Evans is the number two receiver behind Watkins. You take him. And if you're seeing that Donald, Nick, Jernigan are not that far off with Donald maybe a, a hair ahead, then you pass on Donald and you go and get Jernigan or Nick. It just depends on how you have them valued. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Coming full circle back to Minnesota, maybe they make a hiccup and don't turn their card in time. Or maybe they go ahead and uh, take a rookie quarterback. We don't know. Some of the mock drafts got Khalil, Khalil Mack falling down to them. Uh, Jay, what, what do you do here with Minnesota? Hmm. Well, as far as quarterback play, I haven't heard anybody say that they're trading away Christian Ponder, so it sounds like they're still still going to try and work with him. So I don't see a quarterback going there. Um, you probably could go and grab yourself uh, Kyle Fuller out of Virginia Tech. He's getting a lot of love. That's a, he's a, a corner that could probably produce right away, so you may want to look at, at Kyle Fuller out of Virginia Tech. Um, I definitely think they would they would need to go defense here, and secondary may be the most fun because their secondary has been hurting for a long time. I mean, they can't stop a nosebleed in the secondary. They can't stop anything in the secondary. Uh, T, what do you think? I, I think Minnesota needs a quarterback. I mean, what that five quarterbacks play last year? I don't even know how many they had. I mean. Ponder started, then he was out, then he was back, and they need a quarterback, you know. And and again, this is a this is a, this is another team that, you know, how do I how do I say this? You 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 know, you're probably not you're not a year away, you're not a year away from being um, a top echelon team in the NFC. But you still need to sell tickets. You need to sell seats. You still need to give your fans some hope. Um, it starts with your quarterback. So yeah, I mean they need they need yeah, they need help everywhere. But they need a quarterback. And so for me, I mean you know I mean we said it earlier. It's a deep it's a deep draft. I see this team again, assuming that. Now I'm telling I've said this like four times. So by the time they get here, there may not be any quarterback. I don't know. I'm just I'm, I'm being funny. Um, I think they need a quarterback. But you're right. I'm looking at mock drafts, too, and I see defense as well. I see Mosley and even, you know, I think you mentioned it earlier, Mac, if he's still around. Um, but I, I, my, if I'm them, I'm definitely looking for a quarterback. I mean, Adrian Peterson, you know, he's not going to be giving you 16, 17, 1,800 yards every year. You need something else. So. Well, just, you know, just for the sake of argument, man, you know, I would say – Minnesota's probably trying to trying to you know they're trying they're definitely trying to compete now. Adrian Peterson is not going go he's not going to be able to run like a workhorse forever, and so the more his window closes, uh, the more that window closes on them even being competitive because he's kept them competitive regardless of what they did on defense or had at the quarterback position. We'll, we'll, yeah, but we'll, remember 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 I said this. You have seen the best of Adrian Peterson. You've seen his best. It's over. I'm not saying he's going to be a scrub. He's still going to be good, but that's it. He, he that's I it. I hope you're right. I'm uh, hey, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing that they were trying to say. 
about Floyd Mayweather, right? You can't, one thing, you can't fight his father time, okay? This guy is a phenom. I'm not taking anything away from him. And I know I said this two years ago about Tom Brady, and I was wrong. So I could be wrong, and, hey, I'm a grown man. I'll come on here at the end of next season and say, wow, he ran for 1,775 yards and, and, and 16 touchdowns and another 500 receiving. I was wrong. I don't think that's going to happen, though. I think, you know, mm-hmm. two rebuilt knees, um, the workload that they put on this guy, you just you can't. What is he, about 29-30 now? You, you just can't. It's just, you just you, you, you can't. I've watched guy. I mean, I don't know if y'all remember Earl Campbell, okay? Yeah. But this this guy, I mean, before there was Adrian Peterson, there was Earl Campbell. Big, strong, and fast. Earl Campbell at his time was every bit of Adrian Peterson today. And by 30 years old, Earl Campbell was done. 30, 31, he was done. Now he can't. Now he can barely walk. Now, granted. You know, you know, generation and technology and workout methods, and I, and I get it, and I get it, but I'm just saying, uh, a long, a long way around me saying, I, if I'm them, I'm not gambling that Adrian Peterson can come be that productive one more year, um, and I and that's why I think they need to go get a quarterback. But it's your division, train. I yield to your your superior knowledge. Man, I am hoping they go get a quarterback. Please go get a quarterback. You know. Please, a rookie quarterback plus plays twice a year this season. Let's do it. Go Vikings. And they probably should. They probably should because they're going. Those defenses are going to have eight man fronts every time, and they're going to be going after Peterson. And and to you right, I don't see him getting two thousand yards or eighteen hundred yards or nineteen hundred yards. If if you got Christian Ponder back there, you got a rookie quarterback back there. It doesn't matter. Eight man front, going to be tough. Well, we move on to the Buffalo Bills, and uh, I only know one Bills fan personally, so <laughs> I'm not sure exactly everything they need. M- mock drafts, I'm looking at guys I'm taking, uh, Eric Ebram at tight end. Uh, some of them saying Jake Matthews will, will be on the board for him. Um, Jay, what do you see for the Bills? You know, I'm 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 glad you brought up Ebron because I probably would take him. I uh, need another weapon out there. Uh, they've got they've got two good running backs. Ronald Jackson is obviously not in his prime anymore, but Spiller, if he can stay healthy, is an absolute beast. But you need another you need another weapon for for uh, what's his name there? Uh, EJ, what's his last name? Um, I know it begins with an M. Amen. Thank you, man. Yeah, thank you. You need another weapon for him, and I think he'd be a solid pick for him. Give him an outlet. He can be a little go-to guy when he gets gets caught, kind of like Aikman had uh, Jay Novacek. I'm a, you, you know all about that. You know about yeah. that safety that Novacek was for Aikman. Maybe this guy can be the same thing for EJ Manuel. Well, well Jay, before, before we get to here, help me to understand how good this guy really is because I didn't, you know, I don't watch a whole lot of college ball, but I was trying to catch players as, you know, as they would talk about them getting ready for the draft or try to catch some game. How good how good is this guy? Because they got him going in the top ten in some draft. I mean this is the yeah, this is the ninth pick overall. Well you think about tight ends, you would first you think about blocking tight ends and this guy is definitely not a blocking tight end. He's he's basically uh the the um Grams of the world or the Gronkowski's of the world. He's a big dude. I think he's about six five, two sixty, two sixty five 
and he's pretty fast, if I remember correctly. He ran a, a four, I think a four six eight forty. So he can he can catch. He's got hands. He just got to work on some some blocking and be a better blocker. But he's he's a a large receiver, big target with good hands and speed. And you, you can't you can't teach that. Wow. Uh, T, what do you do for the Bills? Uh, I have to agree with Jay, and, and I think, you know, yeah, you can go with Novacek, you can go with Witten today, you can go with Jimmy Graham, you can go with Gonzalez. I mean, the tight end position is a safety net position. We've seen the fullback position pretty much all but vanish from the NFL. It, it's still, you know, there are some teams that, that will run a fullback, but instead a lot of teams are running the H-back where, you know, the, the tight end or the backup tight end will shift into the backfield and either be blocking from there or, um, you know, shift out of the backfield and go to the line. And, and therefore, we're seeing, you know, two and, three t- two and three tight ends deep now per team, and these guys are all getting time. You know, last year the Cowboys, the team I know best, had Witten, had Escobar, and had Hannah, and all these guys played. So we're seeing more of that. So, you know, I don't know – uh, Ebron or whatever his name is from North Carolina, like my brother does. But if he's like what Jay says, um, yeah, I, I can, I can. I, it makes sense that he would be put in there uh, to be a top ten pick. And and let's and let's look and let's realize that um, I think tight end is a very underappreciated position. But the teams that have been good year in and year out over a period of time have had at least one, you know, franchise-level tight end. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 have to, I have to endorse, although, you know, like I said, I'm deferring to both of you guys increased knowledge over mine. I have to endorse Jay's uh, pick there and what I'm seeing in the mocks. And, yeah, I think, I think he's the one that's going to go. Yeah, you know, they, 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 they addressed their defense uh, last season, and um, they're becoming a little bit more competitive competitive uh, in that division with the Patriots, Jets, and um, got the other team. Um, Patriots, Jets, and the Dolphins. And the Dolphins. So um, definitely getting, I mean, if this guy is is, is rated this high, you know, if he's, if they got him sitting this high in the mocks and he can be that productive for them down down uh, on the field first season, especially after they've seen what the Patriots can do with two tight ends. Um I would have to agree with Jay here. Uh, wrapping up the top ten, we got Detroit. Let me just say, this team scares me the most with what they can do uh, with their pick. Because it's not so much that they got the tenth pick. It's the fact that they got a new head coach that knows how to tame a lion. And, you know, if you can tame a lion, you could you could be pretty bad, pretty badass, as they would say. So the choice mock, they got them. You know, the, 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 a lot of mock drafts got them taking a cornerback, which I think would be excellent for them, especially if you can you can tame that defensive line and get them to play under control. Then getting your secondary in order, whether they be cornerback or safety here. Uh, would be huge. Some rumor for Detroit to trade up, and actually, Sammy Watkins put it out there that Detroit said something about uh, maybe aggressively trading up to, to pick to pick him. Uh, 
So your parents sent me Watkins with, with Calvin Johnson. Now, that's a nightmare that I don't want to have to deal with twice a year. Uh, but I don't I don't see that as being being possible because I don't see Sammy Watkins making out of the top five uh, either. But um, T, what do you think? Um, Detroit. I, I mean, clearly, you know, you don't want to say they don't need any offensive help, but clearly their offense was a juggernaut, you know. Um, and assuming that, you know, I mean, we already know Stafford's not going anywhere. They signed uh, Richie Bush. I think it was a three- or four-year deal when he came aboard Calvin Johnson. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you know, their, their offense is, is, is solid. Um, and they picked up Golden Tate. And they picked up Golden Tate. That's, that's correct. Um, you know, I, I think, again, the top defensive player on the board, um, if I remember Detroit's defensive line, I mean, Sue's still there. Um, but their defensive line was pretty good. So, yeah, linebacker or cornerback uh, would be. So So the mocks are saying cornerback all the way across what, what I'm seeing on NFL.com, and uh, I, I don't see there's, – there's nothing with what I know about Detroit that would counter that belief. I, I think quarterback would be a solid pick. Uh, Jay? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think I had mentioned before about Kyle Fuller out of Virginia Tech. Uh, he, he's a good man coverage uh, defender, needs a little help on his own. But if if he's off the board, you can always go with C.J. Mosley, linebacker out of Alabama, or you might stretch a little bit if you really need a corner and go with uh, Darquez Denard from Michigan State. Now, I think he's probably a better zone than he is a corner, a, a cover corner. But either one of those picks I don't think would be a bad one because they are definitely loaded on offense and their uh, defensive line would and fairly up front, that's pretty stout right there. So linebacker or corner is where I would go. Okay. And I've heard you mention Kyle Fuller twice, and, then, you know, I've seen some of the ranks. So do you do you consider Kyle uh, Fuller a better cornerback than Gilbert and uh, Daquez Denard? From what I've seen, I, I've heard he's the number one corner, so I would go with him. Okay. Okay. If he's still there. That is, if he's still there. All right, well, we'll we turn the corner into the uh, number 11 pick. We're down in Tennessee, a place that I just not too long left. And um, what they got there, Jake Locker, struggling to stay healthy. But Tennessee could use help almost anywhere at this point. <laughs> so, Jay, I'll toss you this ball first. What, what do you do with, with Tennessee's pick? See, yeah, they, they, do, they, they need a running back, too, since um, Johnson is gone. I don't know who they have in, the, in place of him, so they may have to do something with free agency or, or uh, trade up to get him a running back, or if they're not looking to really feel that need right away, um, can always get a um, – a safety, Quentin Dix out of Alabama. He, he was a solid player there. Uh, that's not a bad choice. Uh, T, what do you think? Um, I'm going to defer with Jay on this one. I, I really don't have a feel for Tennessee. Um, 
I, I definitely will have some strong opinions on the next pick of the Giants. I really don't have a feel for Tennessee, so I'm going to just go ahead and give Jay that one. And say, Jay, you got it, bro. Ten, well, Tennessee is a tough one because it, they're, they're in a position where Jake Locker did not stay healthy, so they don't know what they have at quarterback. And it is a high possibility with a new staff that you got Bridgewater still out there. And you may have Blake Bortles out there, out there but, you know, you may have Blake Bortles and, and Bridgewater out there. So quarterback does seem likely here. You know what I'm saying? I hope they take quarterback because then it pushes down more players for, for Chicago. Uh, but real talk, they could take Bridgewater. And, and everyone's talked about Bridgewater's pro day, but as far as what this guy can do on the field, you can't argue with And it's another question on, of course, whether it projects uh, projects to the next next level. Some A lot of drafts, you know, I see a couple of drafts got them taking Kyle Fuller if he's still there, uh, Anthony Barr or Gilbert. So it's looking like linebacker or, or cornerback. But um, I, it's possible if Bridgewater is still there, I think they may take a stab at it. Um well, T, you know, since this is your division, well, it's you and Jay's division, but you got some strong thoughts. Please share us. The New York Giants on the board, man, and what would you like to see them do? <laughs> oh, I would like to see them do absolutely nothing, trade their first-round pick, <laughs> and, 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 you know, for, um, you know, a, a, a uh, you know, trade their first-round pick to the Cowboys for a seventh-round pick and do nothing. Uh, that's what I would like to see. But what I will all but guarantee that they will do is they will go offensive line. Their offensive line was putrid, okay? I, I am not an Eli Manning fan or an excuse maker, but their offensive line was horrible last year. So I will assure you, I, I, I'm not going to say 100% because I can't guarantee it because I, I don't work for the Giants, but I am 99% sure that they will go offensive line. I'm, I'm hearing, uh, um, let me see, I'm looking at Mox here, and, and they got Zach Martin or Jake Matthews. Fine. They, they you know, and I would know this only because I've watched the Giants. They need they, Eli Manning is, is getting killed back there. And one of the reasons that Eli Manning is so erratic and unpredictable is he's not getting protection. And, again, I am not an apologist for Eli Manning, but he is not RG3 or Kaepernick or even Romo that can scatter around and make his own plays. He needs, he's not as, as pockety as Peyton, the, the brother, but he is mm-hmm. more of a Peyton than he is a playmaker. And if you give him time, he can't hurt you. We've seen that. But he, he, the last two years, he has not had time. So I, I, if they don't go offensive line, um, shame on them. Shame on them. Okay, well, little bit Brother Jay, they got, you know, like T said, some of the, some of the mocks, they got Jake Matthews as he dropped. They mentioned Zach Martin, but also I, I saw in another map uh, this uh, this same mock. I see Tyler T- Taylor Lewan out of out of Michigan. So if you're the Giants and you're looking at offensive tackle, do you take Zach or you possibly take Taylor Lewan if he's there? I mean, who do you take if you're looking at offensive linemen? As bad as that line is, you take them both. <laughs> I mean, it. it T said it best. Putrid, and that's an understatement. I mean, it's just that was a deplorable offensive line. Me at a buck seventy-five probably could have done just as well as what they had out there. I mean, it was it was that bad. So they could take they could take Jake Matthews. If Jake Matthews is still there, I would take him. But 
at the uh, number I think 11 pick, nah, he's gone. So your, your next best bet, or excuse me, not 11, but 12, your next best bet could either be Taylor Luan out of Michigan or Zach Martin. Either one, it doesn't matter. You, you take whichever one of those players is available because that's a horrible line. Okay. Uh, I would just have to say I, I, I agree with both of you. They definitely need to fix their offensive line. I think one thing they've done best in, the, in in these past, in the last years is, you know, some of the drafts got them possibly taking Aaron Donald here. I got a feeling Aaron Donald may not be here, but even if he is, you know, the Giants have been pretty good at finding defensive line help later in the draft. They've been pretty good at sniffing out guys who can, who can rush the passer. So, yeah, you need to fix that offensive line because it's definitely uh, Eli Manning needs to stay up upright uh, for him to be successful or for him to be elite, as they once <laughs> phrased him. All right, the Rams are back again. Two picks in the top 15. Uh, possibly they took what, – what, what, what was the consistency on their first pick? Consistent on the player first pick is offensive tackle. So here they are with their next pick. Jay, what do you do? You got two picks in the top fifteen. You already addressed your offensive line. What do you do with this pick if you're if you're if you're the Rams? And remind mind you, you're competing with Seattle twice a season. You know Arizona and 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 the Forty Niners. I mean you. You got a mix of needs there. You could try and draft someone else to um, be opposite Tavon Austin, another deep threat to stretch the uh, the uh, defense out a little bit, or you try and plug up some holes on the defensive side. Now, you've got uh, a couple of, of folks that stand out to me would be uh, that Anthony Barr out of UCLA, if he's still around, taking that linebacker. He was a solid uh, player at UCLA. I got a chance to see a few of his games, and um uh, he was all over the place. He, his motor is a little bit inconsistent, but if he plays his potential, he could he could be like a top ten pick. So maybe you go Anthony Barr with that one. Okay. See what do you think? Um, I, I'll I'll just say defense, and I I think that um, there is there at least one of the mocks has the Cowboys possibly being involved in a trade, um, which would be great if Dallas could move up and get 13. But um, I don't, I don't see just as a, as, a, as a Cowboy fan, I don't see that happen. And I don't see the Cowboys needing to, go, to move up to 13. If they're going to move up, they're going to move up into the top five and, and go get a playmaker and go get it. But, but the Cowboys don't have the money. <laughs> so I don't think moving up three spots is going to happen. So I'll just say, you know, um, I think, Jay, would you say Donald? No, Anthony Barr, linebacker UCLA. Oh, okay, Anthony Barr. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, if he's available at that point, that's a great pick. As a matter of fact, that's, you know, that's uh, there are several teams that think that Dallas may go uh, with Barr if he's still if he's still around. So. Okay. Well, considering that both HaHa Clinton Dix name was man so many jokes to do with that Calvin Pryor is still up there like I said I think Aaron Donald will be gone um I mean maybe they go safety here with with both 
the two stop safeties possibly still being on the board. But I will agree with both of you in saying uh, defense here, especially if they've already addressed the offensive tackle position. I definitely would think defense here would be would be, would be the pick, and in either position will help them. Um, and they may go, they may not go Aaron Donald because they, they seem pretty solid on the defensive line. Quinn and uh, uh, Chris Long, you know, played very well for them last year. Had them, you know, in the, in the top five in the league in sacks. So here, either in the secondary or at linebacker, uh, could be huge for them. And with the wide receiver position being deep in this draft, they can always address that that later, especially if they don't take Sammy Watkins with the uh, with the second pick. Uh, overall, but let me ask this: If your team did trade T, if they did move up to number thirteen from sixteen, what do you want here? Well, conventional wisdom says they're going to go D line. Um, um, Ratliff was gone, sent to your Bears. Hatcher's gone. Ware is gone. So conventional wisdom says D-line. They did re-sign Anthony Spencer. We don't know what Spencer's going to be, but they did re-sign Anthony Spencer. Um, if, if, if they go D-line, they need someone who can put pressure. If they're not going to get someone who can put pressure, then they need to go and get a safety. It's as simple as that. Either get someone, I don't care if it's outside linebacker, defensive end, or a defensive tackle that can put pressure on the quarterback. If there's no one available that can do that at that pick, then they need to go get a safety. Simple as that. Whether it's at 13 or whether it's at 16. Okay. Uh, Jay, you agree? Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's that's where the uh, the holes are that they need to fill in. Um, I couldn't have said any better. I agree 100%. Okay. Well, next up on the clock. is <laughs> <laughs> my own, very own, Monsters of the Midway, Chicago Bears. We just finished 8-8. Eight eight. Offense ranked second in the league in scoring. Uh, so we don't really have any issues there. But on the other side of the ball, defense pretty much ranked dead last. I don't care what the stats are. We dead last in every category in my mind. We 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 got Jaron Allen, Lamar Houston, Willie Young. We addressed some pieces of the defense. They signed, re-signed Ratliff for a couple years. This is where I am dreaming. I am hoping that Aaron Donald drops. To number 14. But if he doesn't, and I'm still hoping he does, I can't stand the media because they once they start talking about players, teams start looking at them real hard, but maybe, you know, teams already been looking at Aaron Donald. But if he doesn't, I definitely say safety here. Ha ha, Clint or Calvin Pryor, whichever one fits the scheme better, one of those two. See? What do you think from a Bears? You, you are a GM, man. You saw where we struggled. What do you say? Defense. Um, I, I, yeah. Um, I, I mean, uh, who, who am I to disagree with um, you and the, you know, the superior knowledge of your team? But, um, you know, when you look at your offense, you know, quarterback, wide receiver, wide receivers, um, you 
know, uh, uh, running backs, uh, you guys are set. Um, and if you're kind of, if you're comfortable with your O lines, you know, and the protection Cutler's getting, then yeah, it's time to go focus on the defense. And you know, can you guys resume, you know, under Marinelli and you know where you guys were the ball hawk and turnover prone, you know, storm points on defensive team that you were not that long ago. So uh, yeah, that's that's the missing link over there in uh, Chicago. It's Jay on the clock here with the Bears. Uh, where you go, defense? Uh, if if you do decide to go defense, you go D tackle, you go free safety. What what do you do? Well, you definitely need to go defense, no question. Uh, I try and get the best safety out there if you can. Uh, I think that you need somebody on the back of back line of that defense to help protect protect against the deep ball, so that you don't get burned that way. But um, offensively, you've, you've shored that side up, so get yourself a safety. Yeah, I, I will say this: as, as the more the more we approach to the draft, only being a couple of days away here, less than forty eight hours, um, I can definitely be happy at safety because we are definitely struggling at that position. I can I can stand us missing out on Aaron Donald uh, for the simple fact that you know we did pick up. Uh, uh, three new defensive ends, and and you know, ends and D tackles can be interchanging, interchangeable depending on their size and their ability to rush the passer. So, the Bears have some versatility there. So definitely locking in on the best safety or the best safety available here would be huge for Chicago. Somebody who can make some plays on the back end, because I'm tired of safety just watching uh, receivers catch the ball. That's just Ugh, annoying. All right. Number 15, I really wish K-Star was here because I really want to hear what he has to say, but the Steelers on the clock. Um, Emmanuel Sanders is gone. Uh, defense is getting old. Jay, what do you do with the Steelers pick? Well, that, that's a tough one because – there's actually a lot of holes on, on this team than I ever realized. I mean, you've got Antonio Brown. He's emerged as a number one receiver. Still got Roethlisberger there. Um, so that, that connection still exists. I'm thinking that you you got to address some of the missing links on the defensive side. If I'm not mistaken, um, uh, who, is, it, is it Ryan um, Ryan Grant? Uh, or Ryan, Ryan Clark is with the Redskins now. Yeah, he's moved on. He's, he's yeah, that that's that's the big that's the one huge hole on defense that I would try and get that filled right away. You've got Bradley Roby out of Ohio State as a corner. That's a possibility. Like I mentioned before, Backwards Nair from Michigan State. That's a possibility too. But Ryan Clark is a, is a, is a pretty good player there. He's solid. So you're gonna have to find somebody to replace him. Get yourself a corner. Okay. Uh, T. Yeah, I mean, I wish K Star was on just for that, um, but I, I think I think defense is definitely um, is where they need to look. You know, they've got Big Ben still. They've got they've got receivers. They've got you know they've they've got they've got some offensive talent, and but you know they've lost some key defensive players over the last two seasons. And um, you know, as I look at the mocks, um, I see cornerback or wide receiver. Um, you know, we didn't talk about Odell Beckham, but Jay, 
Um, I'm hearing pretty good things about this guy. Tell us a little bit about you – know, I'm not trying to post the show here, Train, but I'm just curious. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, that's just, it's just what do you know about Odell Beckham? Because I've heard a lot of good things about him. Yeah, Bill, being from here, I've seen him play against uh, a lot of the teams in the SEC going against these big defenses and big defensive backs. He's another guy out there that I don't think the gap between uh, – so you got Watkins first, then you got Mike Evans second, and I would, I definitely would put Odell Beckham third. He's got hands. Uh, he's not as fast as Watkins, but he's a productive receiver, and I could see him can drive him right away. So he's definitely one that, that folks are going to give some love because he deserves it. Yeah. Okay. I heard quite a bit about him uh, as as well leading up to the draft, and they definitely got him as the surefire the second best receiver behind Sammy Watkins. Um, but um, next up on the clock, <laughs> I tell you a story before I before I, before I let you two speak. So I go to an uh, art uh, art art exhibit with uh, with my lady this weekend, and I meet this guy, and you won't believe what his name is, Steve. His name is Dallas. That's pretty good. So, first question out of my mouth. So, you a Cowboys fan? He's like, yeah, you know, I like him here and there. But then the second thing out of his, out of his mouth is, well, really, you know, I, uh, I'm i really a Bears fan. Bam, high five. So, he likes both our teams. Anyway, had an interesting conversation with him. Gave him the show information. I hope he's hopefully listening in. Uh, yeah, but his first name is Dallas. I'll get his last name here in a minute. But Dallas is on the clock, number 16. They didn't trade up. They've been waiting all day, sitting in the mirror, sitting in the middle. You know what I'm saying? Jerry Jones is like, I'm taking over right here. <laughs> Getting who I want. But T, who do you want? Well, I'm gonna put it to you this way, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you what I would do what I would do with number 16 pick, okay, if I'm Jerry Jones. First of all, let's realize they couldn't keep DeMarcus Ware because they couldn't afford him. Let's not even get into how good he will be next year. We don't know. We know last year he was not very good. We also know he was injured. Regardless, they couldn't afford him. Would they have found the money if he had 18 sacks? He had six sacks, okay? Mediocre year for a future Hall of Famer. So they had to let him go. Okay, they couldn't afford Jason Hatcher. Okay, they had to let him go. So there is no way all these pundits out there that had Dallas moving up to get Manziel crazy. It's not happening. Let it go. They're not moving <laughs> to the top five. They don't have the money, period. It ain't happening. End of discussion. That said, if I'm Jerry Jones at 16, if I can move down in the draft, and pick up another pick, like a second or third round pick, that's what I'm doing. Dallas needs players. They don't need they already have all the superstars and celebrities. They don't need a Manzel. Okay, is there anyone under more scrutiny in the NFL than Tony Romo? I think not. Man. You know? They don't need it. They got Des Bryant. That's their that's their superstar, right? Jason Witten, Mr. Steady. You know, running back, I mean Murray my problem with Murray is he doesn't stay healthy. Could they go get a running back? They could, but Murray was a pro bowler. He got 1,100 yards. He just doesn't stay healthy. But I don't see that as a huge need. I see them as a team that needs bodies. They need players. And if you could move down 
I wouldn't say move out of the first round. But, you know, you got the Rams that have a couple of picks. You know, if you can, if you can play around and still come out of here and get a first-round pick and walk away with another second or third-round pick by giving up your spot, that's what Dallas needs to do. They need bodies. They need to bring people in that they can afford, but hungry guys that fit their scheme. Look at what a Seattle did. Look at what a, a, a San Francisco did. You know, these guys don't go out and go get all these big-name superstars. A lot of these teams are going after undrafted free agents that are hungry. Okay, you've got all the big names you, you need in Dallas. We don't need no more big names. We need ballers now. We need players now. We need hungry guys coming in there ready to ball. Okay, that's what you need in Dallas. And if you're going to go ahead at 16, then go get me a pass rusher then. If you don't have – if there's no pass rusher, then go get me a safety for crying out loud. You know, uh, you went out and got Brandon Carr and spent $50 million. Sorry, he ain't worth it. You went out and number six picked in the draft, Maurice Claiborne. He hasn't played to that level either. Go get a safety to help these two two, uh, um, expensive cornerbacks out. You need a safety or you need somebody to rush the passer. If either of those aren't available, then go ahead and deal wheel and deal Jerry Jones. And stay in the first round. Well, go ahead and move down to the lower third of the first round with your, with your pick and go ahead and grab a third-round pick. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that, and mainly because salary cap is an issue. Salary cap is a problem. Next year it may not be because it keeps increasing, but this year it's an issue. So they need bodies that they can afford, and, you, you, you know, first-round picks are, are costly, especially in the top ten. They're costly. I thought that the rookie pool was kind of separate, though. Uh, yeah, but if you're a top five pick, you can make top five money. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's I know it's been capped, so everyone it is pretty capped. much has a set amount that you're paying to each each position. It, it is capped, but and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I can assure you that if Dallas wants to get a top five pick, they're pretty much they're pretty much they 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 can't sign anybody else. They can't do it. That's why I know they're not. They cannot afford it. Now, they've made some moves to free up some money, Miles Austin and all of that, and, he's, you know, he's a June 1 casualty. and he, you know, So they freed up some money, but they're not going to go after a top five. And if they do, hey, then, I, then I'll, I'll, I'll say, you know what, I thought I knew this team. I don't know this team. But with what I know about this team, it ain't happening. Okay. All right, uh, Jay, we got a, such a passionate soliloquy from T about what Dallas – what he thinks Dallas should do. I mean, they're your team as well. Um, you're the GM. You're Jerry Young. What, what do you do with this pick? Boy, we, we definitely must be related because I'm glad you said trade down. And, and quite frankly, it'd be all right if you trade out of the first round and, and get you a couple in the second round. Get you about three total picks for that second round or two in the second, one in the third because I agree with you on the cap uh, issue. You're not going to be able to pay folks top dollar. You're going to you're going to basically risk the rest of the franchise for until the next year comes up when you get an increase in your in your cap. But also they need bodies on the defensive side. So the more bodies that they can get, the better. And in order to do that, you're going to have to trade down and get some more value. That's what they need to do. I agree 100% there also. Trade down and get more players. Okay. Well, well, well. Well, Train. Well, I will have to say. I want. Know, I want. I want to hear Doc Train playing Jerry Jones. That's so. That's the first. I'm like, 
that's too so. You're more of the you're more of the um, Lovey Smith. I can see why you so like Lovey Smith so much because what I know of you, that you're the Lovey Smith kind of person. You know, from what I know. Okay, so so for mm-hmm. you to play Jerry Jones is so not your personality. But for a minute, go ahead and be Jerry Jones, and what would you do? <laughs> Jerry Jones sell a whole franchise, get Johnny Menzel so I can sell more tickets. Let's <laughs> go Texas. No, just just kidding. But here, the one thing I will say is that Jerry Jones stepped in and made a uh, unexpected pick last season, and the guy ended up being a starter and held on for the entirety of the season, and pretty pretty well from what I understand. So with this pick, you you lost. You know what was a, a good, what I considered, what I still consider is a good pass rusher in the, um, the Marcus Ware. Uh, they did sign Henry Melson, but he's coming off of ACL, so you're not sure what you will have in him. But you do have a young defensive tackle, and he's back with Rob Marinelli, which is big because that's who helped develop him. Um, but you still need to get pressure on the quarterback, and with. The Redskins and with the uh, Eagles, you know, gearing up offensively and with the way they play, you definitely need some help at pass rushing. And I think, you know, they're going to be running, you know, the four, the four, three, Tampa two. So here, I could either see, you know, D line or uh, some type of pass rusher. But man, being Jerry Jones, you're going to do some unorthodox. But if one of those safeties is still there. Clinton Dix or Pryor is still there. By all means, if you can't address the D-line, address the secondary. Because I do agree with you. You got two expensive, non-productive corners sitting on the outside. And they're, they're not stopping uh, anyone as of late. And initially, you, do, you, will need a, you will need a good safety. And here, I think they should definitely address if anything, if anything is left, just address the safety position. And in that time, and with Rod Marinelli, if he if he has you know a little bit of input there, it's definitely going to be defense, and it's, it will probably definitely be uh, D line or safety. All right. So now we're at the half. We're at the halfway point here, as far as you know, picks. One through sixteen, and you know this is one of the drafts that's predicted that no running backs will go in the first round, and that's possibly that's partly due to maybe you know no ones they don't you know people may not consider anyone as that's talented enough better than, you know better than what what's being projected, but you know is that also due to the fact that offenses are throwing the ball a lot more? Because you made a statement, T, that the fullback has all but disappeared. With the tight end dropping down to this H-back position, and we can possibly lead to a way where the running back almost kind of disappears. Because we saw what happened with the running backs in free agency. Those that were sitting and laying around for top dollar, it never happened. You know, you had to take whatever deal you could get to get on the team, else you'd just be... You just be out there, and there's some that are just still just out there. Uh, so you know, I, I ask you guys: Are we 
are we forgetting about the running backs here? Are, are we forgetting about the value of the of the running game, uh, Jay? No, I don't think we've forgotten about the the running backs at all. I think it's just the quality of running backs that are coming out for this draft is is not very deep. Carlos Hyde out of Ohio State and Trey Mason out of uh, Auburn. Those are probably two of your your better backs in, that are coming into this draft for this for this season. But we don't have the headliners like we had in yesteryear. We don't have the Adrian Peterson from Oklahoma coming into this draft. We've got lesser talent that's coming in, and because the emphasis is more on where the needs are for for a lot of these teams, and, and it's not running back. Uh, T, what are your thoughts? Well, I think that's certainly a part of it is just the quality in the draft isn't there. But I also think that, you know, if you look around the NFL, um, you know, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think. And when you get past a handful of guys in this league, after that, um, there really aren't marquee running backs anymore. I mean, there's probably four or five, and then, Everyone is replaceable, fourth, fifth round, sixth round guys. And, you know, when you have read options, so not a quarterback's becoming a running back, um, you know, short screen passes and, and um, screens to the tight end, I mean, it's, it's just a bit of a different league. It doesn't really mean that the, the running back is gone. You still need your running back in there, and you need to do 15 to 20 handoff the game to keep the defensive defense honest. But because you just don't have, you get. I mean, you think about it. You got an Adrian Peterson, Marshawn Lynch. I'll throw your boy in there forte. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think who else we got. I mean, I can't even say Chris Johnson anymore. Um, Lashawn McCoy. Lashawn McCoy isn't the one. Um, uh, uh, down there, uh, Jamal Charles. Mm-hmm. Jamal Charles. Michelle Mark. Yeah. Yeah, you, now we're at five or six. You can't even – we won't get to ten. And I think that's the other part of it is it's just it's – just, it's not there. It's just not there. So, you know, offense, they're looking for um, quarterbacks. They're looking for – it's a passing league right now without a doubt. And then they're looking for smart defenses to go after these high-powered offenses. It's not going to stay that way. That's just two decks. Now, once we get two or three, you know, uh, top running backs coming out of college again, okay, you know, we start having a draft where we're saying, wow, it's really deep with running backs. Okay, then over the next year or two, then we're going to see it going back to ground and pound, 25, 30 carries for one running back a game. You know, the Jerome Bettis, Emmitt Smith type backs, that's what's going to happen. But that's not that's not what's out there. So that And that hasn't been out there for a couple of years, so. Thus, we have it, it is today more of a passing league. And the last thing I'll say is, remember when 5,000 yards was like, oh, my God, can you get to 5,000 yards? Now look what's happening. 5,000 yards is almost, it's just almost like, yeah, okay, it's not a big deal anymore. You know, um, 3,000 used to be the benchmark. You got, if you had a 3,000-yard passing season, you were like, oh, my God, now it's 4,000. Now you've got to have 4,000 yards to be, to be talked about in the NFL. You have to do 4,000. You know, Troy Aikman never threw for 4,000 in any one season, ever. Wow. So it's just, it's, it's, it's just a changed league. It definitely is. But uh, I, I would definitely have to agree that it, it is, in this particular situation, it is talent. You know, uh, 
just the other positions just have a lot more talent than the running back position this time around. And I did uh, see a game with uh, Trey Mason played, and I thought that dude was, was pretty spectacular at the running back position. I think anyone, whoever ends up with him, um, you're going to end up having uh, a quality, humble running back, in, in, in my opinion. Uh, but, you know, I hope teams don't forget, you know, Seattle's formula. Strong defense, good running game, and a a just a solid playmaking quarterback. I won't call, I won't put him as you know, say Russell Wilson is a game manager, but dude just knew how to. He just knew how to make plays, and he kept. He had. He has that poise that not even half the NFL quarterbacks have when is when is when the pressure is on. Uh, so yeah, I, I kind of agree with both of you when it comes to when it comes to the running back position. Uh, Jay, I, I want to put out a question specifically for you. You know, since you do watch college ball, just uh, give me and T. You know, five players, five top five. I mean, if you could take five players from this draft that you would definitely want on your team, doesn't matter the position. Uh, who would they be? All right, but if it doesn't matter position, I would definitely take Greg Robinson. I would definitely take Sammy Watkins. I would definitely take Mike Evans, and I would take Clowney. And my last one, hmm, I, I still wouldn't take Manzo. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take him. Um, mm-hmm. But it, but it's something about C.J. Mosley. If he were, if he comes back from that torn uh, labrum in his right shoulder, if he can come back from that and be completely healthy. I would add him as my fifth player. He was swam all over the field. I mean, he, he had a motor on him, and he can get from point A to point B in a hurry. And if he can stay healthy, he'd definitely be on my team. Okay, okay. Uh, T, you know, I mean, if you if you do have five or whatnot, is there any five that you would definitely take just from hearing what you've heard through, you know, with the draft leading, leading up to now? I mean, what I've heard at this point, frankly, I'd go with Clowney without a doubt. Um, I like what I've heard about Watkins. I like what I've heard about Robinson. Uh, the, the tackle, you definitely need someone to, to, to protect the blind side. Um, um, I've heard good things about Mac. Um, those would probably be my four. And I'm going to go and, and go off on a limb and, and throw Mike Evans in as my fifth, only because of everything I just said. It's a passing league. And so, therefore... I'm gonna go ahead and, and, and go ahead and, and say two put two wide receivers in the top five because you know, when you look around at what's going on in the passing cards, I mean these are the guys you need to go get. Okay. Okay. I agree with you guys on on, on 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 you know, more than half of your top five. I would definitely go with Clowney. Uh, I hadn't paid a whole lot of attention to the, the offensive line as much, but you know, I know Greg Robinson is, is definitely one of the top players in this draft, so I would take him. I would definitely take Sammy Watkins. I had to throw in Aaron Donald in my in, in my five simply because uh, you know this dude pan pan out on everything when it comes to uh, uh, how he did at the combine, how he did in in, in the Senior Bowl when he when he was up against uh, top competition. So I like him, and I, I guess uh, with my fifth pick, yeah, I'm still not taking any other quarter any other quarterback. So Possibly here, I, I may go with uh, I may go with Khalil Mack or one of the safeties. 
Say you know what's pretty interesting? Yeah. What's pretty? You didn't say Manziel, right? I call, I heard you correct. You did. Right. Okay. Right. So here we are, three. If for no other reason, we are all definitely NFL football aficionados. Our college football knowledge varies. I, I will put myself on the low end of that and put Jay on the high end. But that said, we all understand the NFL. We all understand what the pro teams are looking at, and we all can watch ESPN and NFL Network and get a sense of the hype. And, and let, us, let me just note that the three of us unanimously, unanimously did not have Manziel in our top five. Just keep that in mind. We did not have him there as, our, as a top five person. So, it, it, I, I, I can flat out just give just give my reasoning, and my reasoning stems back from one person, Aaron Rodgers. Okay, Aaron Rodgers did get picked in the first round, but he didn't go high. But now he's one of the most feared quarterbacks in the league, and it wasn't so much as when he got chosen; it was how long he sat before he actually gained the starting position. And next up to him would be Phillip Rivers, who also sat two years. I say all this to say that, you know, if you want to go spin your top pick on a quarterback, you can. But considering that the quarterback is definitely one of the most important positions on the field, okay, you can't afford to miss. But if you are able to build other parts of your football team, if you're able to have a very strong defense, if you're able to have all these other weapons on offense, a strong offensive line, you can suffice without the big-name quarterback. Your quarterback just needs to be effective, and the system that he's in just needs to work to his talents. You know, so I don't grade none of these quarterbacks real high for the simple fact that I don't think you need any of them to just win a championship. Tom Brady is feared. Peyton Manning is feared, but we haven't seen either of them hoist the trophy, hoist the Lombardi trophy, in years. We're still waiting. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. I, I mean, uh, you know, but you're, you're, you're picking guys that have played collectively in seven Super Bowls. So, I mean, uh, maybe oh, yeah. they may not. You know, so, I mean, you know, if you end up with a Brady or, or a Manning, you're doing pretty good. Uh, and and, and all, all I will say is, um, I don't know, there's just something about when a quarterback, I mean, I, can anyone remember, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe RG3 in his first year, but his second year he was nothing. So I don't know when a quarterback has come out of the draft so talked about and then lived up to expectations. I can't remember the last time that that's happened. I mean, this guy has been scrutinized and talked about, you know, I mean, his nickname is Johnny Football, for crying out loud. Thanks so <laughs> to Skip time? Bayless. Yeah, you know, well, I mean, you know, well, hey, I mean, everybody watches that show, so hats off to them. Um, but um, so when a guy has this much scrutiny, to me, I don't, you know, RG3 had a good first year. But in his second year, he did nothing. Um, but who who has come out of college this talked about and then lived up to expectations, quarterback-wise? And, yeah. 
Actually, yeah, uh, yeah, I can't think of the last person because I mean, Jake. when Andrew looked come, he wasn't, he wasn't as, he wasn't really scrutinized at all. It no, was like yeah, okay, Andrew Luck surefire. Let's, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Andrew Luck yeah. got a lot of good. RG three was the man talked about in that draft. Yeah, right. he was. Right. Because Andrew Luck isn't as flashy as RG three. Everybody right. knew mm-hmm. of players. Andrew Luck was the more polished, more NFL ready, but he wasn't as flashy. That's why he didn't garner all that type of hype that RG three garnered. But you talk about effectiveness and living up to their own hype. Well, yeah, Luck has because people expected him to be good right off the bat. Maybe not this good and not be able to change the team the way he's changed it this fast. But but, but the Luck hype ain't even close. RG3's hype is in the same conversation as Manziel, not Luck. Didn't sold the farm to go get RG3. And right. I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, two years, they both have two years, Luck's outplayed him. Period. Right. right. To me, Hand in hand down. It's not yeah. even close. Nope. Mm-mm. So no, I don't. I don't think any one of us can think of any player at the quarterback position that's been hyped up as Manziel and has been able to live up to it. Because I don't think any NFL player exists, at least not in our generation. Yeah. So I, you know, we'll see who drafts him. It's going to be good Thursday night to see. You know, uh, to watch the first round. It's going to be a lot of fun. And. uh I'm excited to watch it. It's going to be great. And uh, I, I, I think there's always – I think we're going to be surprised at who picks up Manzal. That's all I'm going to say. I think it's going to be yeah. a surprise. It ain't going to yeah. be Dallas, but it'll be a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a ton of surprises. Right, right. Um, I guess one last question, um, you know, for as, as we wrap up. You know, we didn't we didn't cover the bottom 16 – um, but if you guys have any thoughts on 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 any of the teams in in, in the bottom sixteen? Uh, my only uh, thought is hey, I'll, I'll, I'll say go. I was gonna say I was gonna say my only thought is um, stay by your phone because Dallas may be looking to trade with you to get you up to sixteen. So <laughs> stay by your phone. Stay in your war room by your phone. Okay. Uh, Jay, any thoughts on the bottom 16? Uh, I'm just kind of curious to see what the Chiefs are going to do. Uh, they've got their quarterback. They've got their running back. I don't know how high they are on Dwayne Bowe from this point forward. Is he still the man, or, or are they looking to um, bolster their receiving core? So I'm, I'm curious to see what's going to happen with them just because of how fast they started, and then they start to lose steam towards the end of the year last year. So that'll be an interesting pitch at 23 for KC. Um, I would say for me, I'm, I'm looking to see what, you know, uh, teams that tend to have multiple picks in the first round, I always like to see where they end up. So for me, Cleveland and also uh, the Panthers, I wonder what they may do because their wide receiver core is pretty much depleted. And, you know, uh, Cam Newton, you know, if he, you know, you can you can protect him with as many offensive linemen you want, but you also got to get him weapons. And right now, Greg Olson is his only weapon. And they got two expensive running backs on that roster that when they really only need one. So it would be interesting to see what the Panthers do and also what, what Cleveland does. And I'm interested to see what Cleveland does just with their first three rounds. Five picks, first three rounds, that is, woof. 
a lot. That's absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So, uh, guys, dra- draft less than forty hours away. Uh, I'm super excited. I got plans. Uh, so, with your last words, Jay, any any plans for the draft? Since I'm broke, like I keep telling y'all, I'm gonna be right here with a six pack enjoying the draft. I- I'll have all the the little big folks with me, so I'm going to enjoy it, and hopefully everybody does the same. Go Cowboys. T, um, final thoughts, anything, any plans for the draft? Uh, as far as the draft goes, no, I'll be where I usually am. I have my favorite seat in my living room, and, uh, you know, I'll be sitting here. Um, and I, I may go on to Twitter and uh, tweet with the NFL fans and, uh, you know, any surprises and stuff. Um, in general, um, you know, in general, I, I, I want to I tip my hat is my final thought. I want to tip my hat to Stephen A. Smith. Um, m- many times him and Skip, in my opinion, even though they say they don't, they sensationalize, they over-dramatize, you know, and, 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 you know, you always know Stephen, I can do, I can do a pretty good Stephen A if I really wanted to, you know, you know, he, he, he's, he's very dramatic, you know, um, you know, I, I'm going to look at that camera right here and I'm going to get serious for a second, you know, and, and it's just tight, <laughs> you know, but today when he talks about Steve Kerr and I'm, I'm calling NBA for a second and he asks what has Steve Kerr done to deserve to be this golden boy. And he said, and it's not Steve Kerr's fault. It's, it's, it's not his fault, but what has he done? And he then responded and said, can you name a time that a black NBA head coach was given this type of hype? And you can't. Hats off to Stephen A. for putting that out there, and especially in lieu of what's going on with the Donald Sterling fiasco. And- Thank you. Uh, you know, it, 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 to me, that's what I like from a guy like Stephen A. Smith who's in the spotlight, African-American sports writer in the spotlight. When you take a stand like that and, and call it out, I have to applaud you because I agree with you. And, again, it's nothing against Steve Kerr. He didn't do it. Um, but why is this guy, Lakers, Warriors, Knicks, are you kidding me? Why? This guy hasn't coached one game in the NBA, not one. And all of a sudden, he's he's the chosen one. I I don't get it, and it it stinks. It smells, and when you're dealing with stuff like the whole Sterling thing, it needs it, it needs to be cleaned up. And I'm glad a guy in that position, because I can say it here. You can applaud me, train and agree. Brother Jay can jump on, and we can all high five each other. But it won't go far from us. But from a guy like Stephen A. on ESPN, the worldwide leader in sports, someone's gonna pay attention. So hats off to Stephen A. Smith. Those are my that, 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 that. Mm-hmm. Well said, Keith. Well said. And as I've been watching him lately, he's been saying a lot. He's been making quite a few strong points. Uh, Jesse. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. Yes, and and I, you know, I I I really don't mince words with how I feel about those guys. 
Um, I do think that many times it's about ratings, even though they say it's not, but that's my opinion. But I got to give them credit where credit is due. And I think on the whole Sterling thing and a lot of this race relations stuff, I think a lot of their positions have been well thought out and not for ratings, but you could tell that there's some sincerity there, and I appreciate that. So, yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Actually, on the day, Mark just got to go from Golden State. Oh, man. Yep. I, oh, man. I don't even know what to say about that. Nothing to say. Hey, don't get you want, want me to get going on that one, too? I mean, I agree. We <laughs> 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 might be here all night. <laughs> yeah. You will be here tonight. Wow. Wow. We'll, we'll, we'll maybe table it next week. We'll see. Um, but... You know, my final words, guys, I'm super excited about the draft. You know, my draft plans, me and my lady, we're going to watch it, probably eat sushi or, or pizza, whichever one we feel like having. But um, I can't wait to just see what happens with the other teams and, and hope we fall in position to get something, get a, a player that can contribute immediately on the defensive side of the ball. Let me say it again, immediately on the defensive side of the ball. So, with that said, great show. K-Star, we miss you. Hope things are going well. Look forward to seeing you next week. Uh, Sparks are going to fly next week because it's going to be the aftermath of the draft. And uh, eventually, we'll see what happens with these players. And eventually, like we say here on the Madden Voice, all feuds, all feuds will be settled on the field. Good night, everyone.